the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Fresh wind, fresh fire. That's the subject of today's broadcast of Times of Refreshing. Jesus has just gone into heaven after his earthly ministry, and here in Acts chapter 1, we have a record of the apostles as they gather together and are anointed. Fresh wind, fresh fire. That is the title of our message today, and this is Times of Refreshing with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman from The Well, which is a Christian community right here in Livermore, California. If you'll join us, we're in Acts chapter 1, verses 1 through 8, as we take a look at this fresh wind, fresh fire. It's all straight ahead. Here's Pastor Napoleon now with today's edition of Times of Refreshing. This year is going to be a very powerful year for our church. This morning, I want to talk to you guys about fresh wind and fresh fire. Fresh wind fresh fire. That is the theme for this year. You know, we have been in a holding pattern for the last three years. God has been really speaking to me a lot about character, about integrity, about being a ministry that when it comes to living the principles of Christ is something that we should excel at. That when people think about us as Christians, that they see it, they don't just hear it, that they see it in our lives. And for us, the last three years, I've been hammering away on living right and doing right and making sure that we're, and we'll always talk about those things sprinkled out, and this is something that we're going to constantly be working on in terms of Christian character. Because you cannot be just a Christian in name only. It's a lifestyle. It's a, it's a character change. It's an infusion of the divine nature where God's nature gets down on the inside of you through Jesus Christ. And he begins to, to live out the realities of his life in us. For I am crucified with Christ, but nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. In the life that I live in the flesh, I live by faith of the Son of God. What happens is God begins to manifest himself in and through us. We've been talking about this for the last three years in various ways. Because God is, is trying to establish us and stabilize us as a people. We want to continue to grow. We want to continue to mature. But one of the things that God has been dealing with me about is, is releasing a fresh fire and a fresh wind through our church. So that now we begin to embrace even, we begin to revisit the other aspects of Christian development. That is, not only just what God does in you, but now what he starts to do through you. God wants to use you. He wants the power of his spirit to be clearly evident and flow through you. Through the gifts of the spirit. Through laying on of hands. Through healing the sick. 
through doing things that, that he did as he walked upon the face of the earth. And for us, it's something that we have to embrace. There's going to be a sense of, of, of being uncomfortable sometimes when God begins to move on you by his spirit. That's why you have a church and you're in a church like this where we understand the process and we've seen God do so many, so many <laughs> wonderful things by the release of his spirit. But over the course of this year, we want to see God pour out his spirit in another wave upon our church. And this is what he's been talking to me about. In Acts chapter 1, we're going to see Jesus has just risen from the dead before he had risen, he had told them that he was going to pour out his spirit and that he was going to move in a powerful way and that they would be baptized with the Holy Spirit. And in Acts chapter 1, it says here, it says, the former account I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach until the day in which he was taken up after he through the Holy Spirit had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs, being seen by them during 40 days, and speaking of things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you have heard from me, For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. You shall be submerged, identified with the Spirit of God and His ministry and what He's trying to do uh, in the earth. He said, you will be baptized. The same way we're baptized in water, the Holy Spirit wants to submerge us in Him. And he wants to flow through us and release his power. Look what he says here. He says, Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, It is not for you to know the times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority, but you shall receive power. Somebody say power. You shall receive dunamis. Power. He gives you the right and the might to function on his behalf. Gives you the right through your union with, this, with, with Jesus Christ, but then he gives you the might. He gives you the power to do things. He gives you the inner jail. He gives you energy supernaturally. God causes you to be capable and able to do things that you could not do in your own ability and strength. And that goes for every area of your life. It goes for signs and wonders. It goes for, you know, prophecy and laying on of hands and all these things we talk about. But it also goes for living life. That God empowers you to live life in such a way that glorifies Him. He says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. So when the Holy Spirit, he comes upon you, he wants to come upon you and not only just be in you, but be upon you. He wants his power to rest upon you. He wants his hand to rest upon you so that you can be capable and able. We don't know what's coming in 2017. We, can't, we don't know everything that is coming. But we do know that if the hand of God is upon me, 
no matter what comes, I'm going to be just fine. And that God will see me through. Well, God wants to use us in such a way that people can, can do nothing but say, that must be the hand of God upon that man of God's life or that woman of God's life. It's the hand of God. He says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And so it was clear that the Spirit of God coming upon their lives was not just for power, but was also to be an effective witness, to testify of him. To give glory to him. When God pours out his spirit upon you, it's not just for you and it's not to magnify you. It's to magnify him and to bear witness of his spirit moving in your life. The apostles said some of them were untrained and unlearned men. But the people had to take notice that they had been with Jesus. And for us, it's the same thing. Whether you're working on your job, whether you're a stay-at-home mom, whether you're out, you know, working, you know, uh, getting on the BART and going to San Francisco every day to work, whatever it is, the Spirit of God, His power wants to rest upon you and make you capable and able. So no matter where you're at, you are a living witness of the life of Jesus Christ. And you're testifying of his goodness by the way in which you conduct your affairs and live your life. Can I have an amen? And so when the Holy, so this was important because I love it. Jesus told them to wait because this was a promise. Look at your neighbor and tell him it's a promise. He made a promise to them that God, that he would pour out his spirit upon all flesh. And our sons and our daughters would prophesy. The old men would dream dreams. And he goes on. He talks about all the elements and aspects of the release of God's spirit. And this is a promise. Look at your other neighbor and tell him this is a promise. It's a promise. And God is not a man that he should lie. He wants to pour out his spirit upon everyone. He wants the spirit of God to rest upon you. Why, why is this also important? This is also important because... Whether people want to acknowledge it or not, there are ungodly spirits in the earth. Unclean spirits. Demons that are destroying people's lives. Getting them to do all kinds of detestable stuff. Ungodly stuff. And we look at stuff and, and most, you know, physicians and doctors and, and people, they don't know how to define it. So they, they call it whatever they want to call it. But we know because we read this Bible that Jesus cast out devils. Can I have an amen? He cast them out. And when people got delivered from demons, they were back in their right mind. And so for all of us, we have to see it's, it's so important that we get filled with the Holy Spirit so that we don't get filled with an ungodly spirit. We need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit to come upon our lives. We need him to rest upon us because he is going to help us to distinguish the difference between right and wrong, the difference between clean and unclean, and that which is holy and that which is unholy. And so for all of us here, we have to embrace his ministry, the ministry of the Holy Spirit. He's going to expose the works of darkness and perversion and lust and ungodly things. 
Now, let me say this to you. It's, if, if I want to know what's right, it's, it's always better to go to the creator instead of the creation. Because man will create their own standard. That which is pleasing to them. But when we pick up this Bible, we see God defining and, and, and revealing to us his standard. And then giving us the power through the Holy Spirit to live up to his expectation. He doesn't tell you to live up to an expectation that he doesn't empower you to reach. He empowers all of us to reach it. And so what happens is when the Spirit of God comes upon us, he's there to also elevate us. He elevates us even from a moral and character standpoint. And he calls us to live above the standard that has been created by man. And for all of us, we should thank God that the power of God has been given to us through Jesus Christ and through the release of the Holy Spirit so that we can get free from unclean spirits and embrace holiness in our lives. Can I have an amen, y'all? This is what he wants to do. So Jesus tells them to wait. This is a promise. The Spirit of God is coming to you. He wants to infuse you. And so they waited. Go to uh, Acts chapter 2, verse 1 to 4. It says in verse 1, When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the whole house. It says where they were sitting. Then appeared to them. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire. And one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. And when this sound occurred, the multitude came together. And were confused because everyone heard them speak in his own language. Then they were all amazed and marveled, saying to one another, Look, are not all these who speak Galileans? And how is it that we hear each in our own language in which we were born? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, dwelling in Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia. Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Lib Libya, adjoining Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs. We hear them speak in our own tongues the wonderful work of God. So they were all amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, whatever could this mean? Others, mocking, said they are full of new wine. They're drunk. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, raised his voice and said to them, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you. And heed my words, for these are not drunk as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. Now, I do know some people that get drunk on the third hour too, though. But this, but this is what was spoken 
by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. Visions, prophecy, dreams. These are higher forms of communication with God. God loves to speak to us. He'll speak to us through dreams. He'll speak to us through prophecy. He'll speak to us through visions. This is not, for for their culture, this was not uncommon. For our culture, um, sometimes we have a problem with this. Because in my, in my opinion, a lot of, because there's such a lack of faith, you know, with so much secular humanism and the things that go on, people now, like I was saying early, they, they, they won't believe until they see something. And then when they do see it, they'll believe for a little while and then they'll go back to doing what they were doing. But this form of communication was not foreign to the Jewish nation and the, the, uh, the, the regions around them. And so... For us, we have to embrace this aspects of God's communication with us. He wants to speak to us in dreams and visions. He wants to speak to us through prophecy. He wants to give us insight into his person. And he does that also through communicating with us. Look what he says in verse 18. And on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they shall prophesy. He says, I will show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor and smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood. How many blood moons have we seen? This is last year. He says, before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord, and it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And so we see as God is getting ready to usher in a newness. And most theologians will tell you this, was, this day was the birthday of the church. God pours out his spirit. And anytime God is bringing us into a new season, he's bringing us into something fresh, the wind begins to blow. God begins to release his presence upon us. He begins to blow. And that's why I said this year is, this year is, is, this year is the year of fresh wind, but it's also the year of fresh fire. And so what happens is God, he releases his spirit and he begins to take us on a journey And this is what he wants to do in your life. Some of us, we may feel like we've been in a stagnant position. But when the wind begins to blow, just begin to flow with the Spirit of God. Now, when the wind blows, it not not only revives and awakens what's there, it also knocks things off of our lives that should not be there. The wind begins to knock things off that have been dead and are dying so that a freshness can come to your life. In 2017, this is what God is speaking to me about. A freshness coming to the ministry. A freshness coming to our lives. A freshness in our relationship. A freshness. And we're going to see some some other things here. But there's a freshness that comes. A fresh wind comes. 
And the thing about when God's wind begins to blow in your life, not everybody is going to understand it. They begin to say that these people were drunk. They begin to say that these people, that what's going on, it said that there was confusion. People were perplexed. And sometimes when God begins to pour out his spirit upon you, this is what happens. I remember when I first start, when I gave my life to Christ and I started walking with God and the spirit of God started ministering to me, I start really growing. I remember people saying that I was crazy. I was a religious fanatic. That I was taking it too far. And I'm not talking about people that were not saved. I'm talking about people that went to church every week. You're too radical. I'm like, I'm radical. What do you mean radical? I just want, I'm, I just want to grow in God. I'm, I'm not doing anything sinful. I just don't want to go to church and then go to club like you do. <laughs> I don't want to go to church and be messing around like you do with that person and that person and that person. I don't want to go to church and be looking at pornos. I want to go to church and then get out of church and live for God because the Spirit of God is upon my life. And I can feel something fresh. God's doing something in my life. Can I have an amen, y'all? I want to live for God. When the Spirit of God comes, He comes to knock things off, and He comes to bring a freshness. But He's not only, I like this in Acts chapter 2, He says fresh wind came, but then there was a fresh fire. And the fire comes to purify. It comes to purify. It comes to sanctify. It comes to cleanse. And so in our lives, I'm just believing that in this, that in 2017, as a fresh wind comes, there's also going to come a purifying aspect that's going to even make us better than we were in 2017. Can I have an amen? That there's a fresh wind. And with the fresh wind, yes, more prophecy, more deliverance, more healing, more of those things, more talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit. And we're going to do that as we go into 2017. But at the same time, there still should be a sliver of, of, of sanctification that's, that's interwoven because with the fresh wind always comes fresh fire. God is a purifier in our lives. Now, When the wind begins to blow and the Holy Spirit begins to really, really move. Like I'm believing for 2017. I want you to write down a few things. I want you to write down number one, confirmation. This in Acts chapter 2 really was confirmation. Jesus told them in Acts chapter 1 that the Holy Spirit was going to be poured out and that the move of God was going to take place. They waited for it. When when he came and baptized them and the power of God hit their life, it was number one, it was confirmation. When the Spirit of God starts moving in the church, when he starts moving in our personal lives, there should be a confirmation aspect to what he's doing That causes us to have a sense of security and that feeling of safety. When God begins to move, make no mistake about it. The devil is going to try to move also. He is the master manipulator. 
And he is a copycat. So he sits back and he sees God pouring out his spirit. And so he says, I'm going to pour out some strange fire. I'm going to pour out the wrong spirit so I can try to get them off. And so for us, it's important that even though we're going to be emphasizing the move of God, emphasizing some of the things that we want to do in 2017, understand that we're not going to become a crazy house. Because a lot of times when people start preaching on stuff like this, people start saying, wow, it gives me license to be weird and act crazy. Remember, he's the Holy Spirit. A production of the Well Christian Community, this has been Times of Refreshing with our teacher and pastor, Napoleon Kaufman. As we close out our time together today, we trust and pray our time together has encouraged you in Christ, has encouraged you in your walk and relationship with Him. If it has, we'd love to hear from you. Now, there are a couple of ways you can get a hold of us. By phone, of course, the easiest, 925-292-7800. Again, you can reach us at 925-292-7800. You're also welcome to write to us. Address your envelope to the Well Christian Community. 2333 Neeson Drive. That's here in Livermore, California, the zip code 94551. Of course, you can always stop by our website. You can learn all about us at thewellchurch.net. That's thewellchurch.net. You can even take advantage of a few links, one of which will take you to our Facebook page. Or if you're on Facebook, simply look for The Well Christian Community. Don't forget, as you visit our website, take a moment and drop us an email. Let us know you paid us a visit. You can also follow Pastor Napoleon, by the way, on Twitter. His address, at Napoleon Kaufman. All one word, at Napoleon Kaufman. We thank you for spending time with us again today and look forward to seeing you next time we get together as we continue looking at God's Word for times of refreshing. Until then, may Jesus Christ be highly exalted in your life and may he bring you a peace that passes all understanding.